truly my pleasure to welcome you to Impact City Church, whether this be your first time or whether you call Impact City Church home. We're excited that you're here today. I'm excited to be able to share with you uh, part one of a new series that we are entitling Rooted. Rooted will be our theme for our 21-day fast um, as we continue to just deepen ourselves in God, uh, to be able to continue to just have those roots that, that we can set in Him, that we are fortified, that we are strengthened in Him, that we know that we depend on Him, amen? That we depend on Him, that we are, that He is the source. And, and part of what we, uh, one of the main reasons why we do this as a church collectively as we begin 21 days of prayer and fasting is because we want to declare at the beginning of the year our total dependence on God. Amen. We cannot do anything on our own. I couldn't even lift my arm by itself if it were not for the Lord that gives me strength. So uh, I'm grateful that he put, he put strength in my body and, and, and made me mobile to be able to get up out of bed and, and get dressed and come to the house of the Lord. Amen. This morning. Are you with me? So we're just grateful today for what he does, uh, for who he is, and we want to declare like I said, total dependence on God, that we would say, God, we don't want to do anything without you. Amen? We don't want to make any decisions without you. Um, that our root system, amen, would be, would be anchored in him and secure in him. The first scripture that I want to share with you um, that, that God has put on, in my, on my heart, should I say, is found in Joel chapter 2 and verse 12. Um, It'll be on the screen, but it, you can follow along. Uh, the outline is provided for you on the YouVersion app. Joel chapter 2, um, the, this prophet that we, that we know in the Old Testament, he speaks to the church and he says, or he speaks to the people of God, should I say. And he says, even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart. So for him to say return to me, you have to understand that they had just strayed away. They had drifted away. They had gone away. They just, you know, it could be one choice after the other. It's just, it seems like a small choice. I'm going to do this. And, and you find yourself drifting. And you find yourself away from God. And that's where they found themselves. The people were away from him. And he says, even now, even now. And that is just an encouraging word for someone here today that regardless of what you're facing, even now. He makes this invitation. Even now, yeah, you've, you've done some things and you've gone through some things and you've, you've been put through the ringer, per, perhaps. But even now, isn't that encouraging to you this morning that even now he says, I can still do something in your life. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. And look what the verse 25 says. The Lord says, I will give you back. When you've done this, I will give you back what you lost. I'll give you back what you lost. And all of us can agree that we have had some loss. We've had some serious issues take place. And the great thing about God is that even though we have wandered off, even if we have wandered off out of our own decision, out of our own choices, he tells us that we can return to him. You can change your mind today if you want to. We can return to him. So I want to encourage you today. I want to take some time and build you up and tell you that maybe you've wandered off. 
just a lot of different things that have just piled up and you've drifted and you've gone away. I want to remind you, I'll say it, I've said it before and I'll say it again, you can return to him. You can return to him. That is great news because wherever you find yourself today, you can come back to him. And the Bible lets us know that through fasting is one of the ways that we're able to accomplish this. And there's lots of different types of fasting, and we provided some resources for you uh, yesterday on our Facebook page. But the, I want to I harp on, I want to emphasize, I want to just reiterate the importance of why we do this. Fasting is done with the purpose of disconnecting from the world to be able to connect to God. So it is not a diet, it is not just something that we do, but it is, a, it is purposefully done that we would be able to disconnect from the world, whether that be you skip a meal and your lunch hour you're taking in, in place of taking that hour to eat, you're taking that time to pray and to read his word, whatever you do, that we would be able to seek him and that we would be able to focus on him. So there's a whole fast, as we've mentioned, where you'll just rely just on liquids, uh, juices to be able to get the nutrients that you need. There's, a, there's what we know as a partial fast, uh, where you could perhaps skip a meal and then you are uh, just eating, for example, one meal a day. There's a selective fast, when you like the Daniel's fast, where you just eliminate uh, processed foods, where you eliminate the meats and sugars. Um, and then we have a soul fast. And I think every single one of us in this place could benefit from a soul fast. Could you imagine if you disconnected all the time that we spend in Facebook, on Facebook, or on Instagram, or on TikTok, I know, um, or whatever it is that you are on, that you would just... Take that time and be able to focus on God. So pick something. I want to tell you, maybe you haven't made the decision, so maybe you say, you know what, I already had breakfast today. It's too late. I'll start next year. Nope. I'm going to, let, I'm going to tell you, you can start with your next meal. Let, let us do something together that we would be able to just together de declare our dependence on God. Are you with me? Pick something, anything. And can I tell you, just let God work in your life. So once again, I'll tell you, fasting is not a diet. It's not a diet because a diet will change the way you look, but a fast will change the way you see. A diet will change the way you look, but fasting will change the way you see. Jesus spoke this in Matthew, and he takes it very personal. Um, and I want to I use this as, as a building block where, where he talks uh, to, he's having this conversation with his disciples, and he tells Peter, he says, I will build my church, Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, the gates of hell will not overcome it. So I want to use this as a foundational text because it is important for us to know that whatever we are going through with God, we are the majority already. And, and he tells us that the gates of hell will not prevail. It will not work. So we are building our church. We're building the church on the promise that God, it is his church, and we are building the pro it upon his promise that it will not work. So when I see Impact City, I see a church where people have found a relationship with God instead of religion, and where living for God is no longer a duty, but it is a delight. 
It is my, my drive, it is my focus, it is my motivation that each of us would come to church every time that we come together, that we gather, and that you just smile like, like a true smile, that you're not here because you were forced to be here, that you're not, that you're not coming just to f- fulfill a, a requirement, no, but that you are here. And because of this, our church vision, uh, what we live for, what we exist, we exist here to pursue to model and to teach a vibrant relationship with Jesus. That is, what, that is our church vision. That is our church mission. Let it be clear that we exist to pursue, to model, and to teach a vibrant relationship with Jesus. That is what it, it is all about. It is all about Jesus. And I want to tell you, and to do this, we need passion. To do this, we need passion. People who do things well, People who excel are passionate about what they do. I told the Dream Team Huddle last week that at 211 degrees, water is extremely hot. Water is extremely hot, but if you take it up one degree from 211 to 212, water begins to boil. And with boil comes steam, and steam can power a locomotive. One degree of difference is what it takes for you to go from really hot to boiling. And it is my prayer and it is my, my desire that at Impact City Church that whatever we do, that we do wholeheartedly. It is my desire that whatever we do, we do with a passion that is just so contagious to those around us that we would just be able to show Jesus and show his love and that his light would shine through us and that people's lives would be changed because we're just so passionate about what we do. Amen. Jesus demonstrated this for us. Jesus showed, he led by example. Jesus was a passionate person. And he says in Matthew chapter 15, verse 8 through 9, Jesus said there would be a generation who would lose their passion. And he says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Just following some human rules, just going through the motions, just doing it because we've always done it like this, or just doing it because it's been like this for so long. And the Bible tells us that our hearts could be away from him, that we're just going through the motions, but our hearts are away from him. And it is my prayer that we would take up, that, that we would take him up on that invitation that I read earlier, that we would return to him, that we could come back to him, that we would just love coming to church, but more than anything, that we would just love our relationship with Jesus. That when you're out of these four walls, that, that you enjoy prayer, that you can just sing at the top of your lungs, and you may be out of key, but it's okay because you're, you're, you're driving and you're by yourself. But whatever the case may be that you would just love and that you would be so passionately in love with Jesus that it just affects every area of your life. That it is just that type of passion that we would love being a follower of Jesus. You know, that same excitement that that I feel when I walk into the Jones Stadium and watch our beloved Red Raiders play. (laughs) 
That, w- that would be the same excitement that I walk into Impact City Church on Sunday morning. That I would say like David, I was glad when they said unto me. It's not I was mad. It's not I was sad. It was I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Paul said this in Romans chapter 12. Talking about passion. Never be lacking in zeal. But keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor in serving the Lord. That we would fan that flame constantly. That we would say in the beginning of 2023, that that we would walk into everything that God has for us and nothing less. That, That we would understand that we cannot step into the newness of what God wants to do with the hurt and with the pain and with the disappointment that we have carried previously. But it's time to let that go and to step into what God has for us today. Jesus was passionate. Jesus was zealous. So much that children would run to him, pile up on him, to where the disciples had to pull them away. That's when he said, let the children come to me. Do you know what kind of person you have to be to be a kid magnet? You probably have to have candy in your robe. And just just being this type of person that people are drawn to you. He was someone that people wanted around. Hey, hey, we're gonna have we're gonna have a wedding. He was so he was so pleasant to be around. And it it challenges me. Am I pleasant to be around? That's the question I have to ask myself. He was so pleasant to be around that that even before he performed his first miracle, a bride and a groom invited him to their wedding in Cana of Galilee. They wanted him around. He was just that type of person. He was passionate. He was zealous. And that's who, that's who I desire us to be. There's one story that shows his passion. It's found in John chapter 2. And, and through this, I want to highlight four areas of passion. John chapter 2, verses 14 through 17 says, In the temple area he saw merchants selling cattle, sheep, doves for sacrifices. And he also saw dealers at tables exchanging foreign money, and Jesus gets upset. Jesus shows his passion. He, he, shows, he shows the passion that he has for, for the house. And, and the Bible tells us this, that Jesus made a whip from some ropes, and he chased them all out of the temple. He drove out the sheep and the, the cattle. He scattered the money changers, coins over the floor. He turned over their tables He's passionate. Then going over to the people who sold doves, he told them, get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. And then it was in this moment the disciples are just watching all of this unfold right before their eyes. They're watching this take place. And then his disciples remember this prophecy from the scriptures that's found in Psalm 69. Passion for God's house will consume me. Passion for God's house will consume me. And I have to stop and ask the question to myself, what is consuming you? Passion for God's house will consume me. I want to be a church that never loses its passion. 
for God. I want us to be a church that never loses our passion for God. There's four things that Jesus talks about throughout Scripture that I want to key in on today where you just see an overwhelming amount of passion, where this exuberant amount of passion is shown. And the first is passion for prayer. Passion for prayer. Prayer is to be passionate. In the book of Acts, the Bible lets us know that they raise their voices together in prayer. They they raise their voices together in prayer. On several instances where there was prayer, the Bible tells us that the place would shake. Prayer is, is so powerful that when, when Peter gets thrown into jail, that the church doesn't cry, they don't worry, they don't d- devise a plan. No, the church says, you know what, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. And they begin to pray. And all of a sudden, the Bible lets us know that Peter is at the door. And they get so excited that Rhoda forgets to open the door. But their prayer was answered because the church went to pray. What what would happen if instead of us worrying and being so stressed out about life that we would just take take everything to God in prayer? That we would just say, you know what, before I make a decision and before I say that, before I do this, I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek his face. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and would pray and would turn from their wicked ways, the Bible says, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. There is power that when we go before God and say, you know what, I can't do this on my own, I need you. He says, I will forgive their sins. And not only that, he'll heal their land. When the land is stricken with famine, God says, I will come in. So when your situation is stricken and when your situation seems like it can't be resolved, God says, I can heal that. God says, I can heal your family and I can heal your marriage and I can heal your mind and I can heal your broken heart. I can heal the inner parts of you if we pray. That we would be a church that is passionate about prayer. Matthew chapter 21 and verse 13 says, It is written, he said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer. But you're making it a den of robbers. My house will be called a house of prayer. And James 5 and 16 tells us this, that the effectual fervent Prayer of a righteous man avails much. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Fervent. Having is what the dictionary says. Having or displaying a passionate intensity. Having or displaying a passionate intensity. Let us be a church that prays fervently. I'm inviting you. Let us be a church that prays fervently, that we need to be a people that go after God in prayer. That we would declare our total dependence on God. That we would declare our total dependence on him and say, before I do anything, I'm going to pray. But the question that comes to mind is, what do you do if you lost, if you've lost your passion in prayer? I'm going to tell you, Start here before you do anything else. Just go to God in prayer. Before you try to work it out, 
before you try to solve it. Let us make prayer our first response and not our last resort. Let us make prayer our first response, not our last resort. The second thing is this passion for praise and worship. Passion for praise and worship. It's all about giving him what he deserves. It is all about giving him what he deserves. It's not about the song. It's about God. It's not about the beat. It's about him. It's not about the rhythm. It's about God. Mark 12:30 says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, that I would use everything that I have to lift him up, that I would use everything that I have to glorify him, all my strength to love him. Psalms 103, one says, praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. I praise him because he's worthy. I don't praise him based on my worthiness, but I praise him on the fact that he's worthy. It's not contingent on the fact that you and I are, are worthy. No, no, no. It's the fact that he is on the throne and that he is always, always God. In the good times and in the bad times, he is God. When, I'm, when, I have when I have money and when I don't have money, he is God. When I feel good and when I don't feel good, he is still worthy of my praise. I have to praise him. One of my favorite heroes in the Bible is King David because he was a passionate worshiper. He was a passionate worshiper. He had great favor, so much favor. That, that it is unlike anyone else because he, God tells him, my covenant will be with you an everlasting. Jerusalem will forever be known as the city of David. David, though, was the biggest mess up and, and fell time and time again, but you couldn't beat him on repentance. And, and his heart was so incredibly inclined to God that, that he said, early in the morning will I seek you. He said, as the deer pants for water, so does my soul pant and go after you. So when David is a king and he loved the Ark of the Covenant and the Ark of the Covenant represented, it was God's presence. But, but we understand that it had been taken captive. And when they recovered it, the Bible says that, that they were eight miles out of Jerusalem, and that the Bible tells us that they took six steps, and David said, wait, 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 we have to stop here and, and thank the Lord. It was just six steps, but he said, I, I have to thank him because his presence is with us. And the Bible tells us that every six steps, they stopped and they thanked him and they, they gave up, a, they offered up a sacrifice for eight miles. Every six steps, wait, 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 I can't go any further without thanking him. And then they took another six steps. Can you just imagine this with me? Another six steps. And they said, wait, I can't, we can't go any further because we have to praise him right now. 
And watch what happens in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 20 through 22. When David returned home to bless his household, Michal, daughter of Saul, came to meet him and said, How the king of Israel has distinguished him today. That, that's a real nice way of saying you've embarrassed me. Disrobing in the sight of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would. And David said to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me. It wasn't anybody who chose me but God. He chose me rather than your father or anyone from this house when he appointed me the ruler of the Lord's people. I will celebrate. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this. In other words, you haven't seen anything yet. I will celebrate the Lord. I want to be a church who celebrates him. I want to be a church that says, oh, clap your hands, all ye people. And shout unto God with a voice of triumph. I grew up in church singing when I think about Jesus and what he's done for me. When I think of his goodness and how he set me free. I can dance. I can shout. I can clap. I can sing all night long. I get, I get convicted. I, I love football. I love football. I'm watching. I'm telling on myself because nobody was there. Everybody was out of the living room. And Michigan is playing TCU in the, on last Saturday, the 31st. And all of a sudden, they're running back. I don't even remember who, who it was, but I just saw him hit the hole. And, and he's going. And I start clapping my hands so much that they hurt afterwards. And I start yelling, turn it up, because if he would have gone to the right, there was a defensive back waiting for him. But if he would have turned it up, he was going to go straight into the end zone. And, and it was almost like if he heard me, because he turned it up and he scored a touchdown. But I'm yelling, turn it up, turn it up. Turn. But I'm going to tell you, Michigan ended up losing. But the God that I serve. And I got convicted and I said, you know what, if I'm going to get excited for anybody, so can you just let me get excited for a little bit today and thank the God who saved me and thank the God who saved me. In North Carolina, there's an Air Force base. Sits right by the interstate. And out of this Air Force base, there are F-16s that constantly go and come. And if you know about F-16s, you know that they are extremely loud. They were, they're so loud that at first people were having accidents because of the noise, they would become distracted. So they decided to put up a billboard and, and they decided to word it in a very patriotic way. And they said this, pardon our noise, it is the sound of freedom. Pardon our noise. It is the sound of freedom. So for anyone who wants to know, Impact City Church, what is with the noise? I'm sorry. If you walked into my life just a few years ago and would have seen my condition then 
and you'd see me now, you'd understand. Pardon my noise, pardon my celebration, but it is the sound of freedom. It is the sound of freedom. It is the sound of someone who was bound by addiction or by bad, by bad habits or, or by drugs or by bad choices. It was the, it's the sound of somebody who didn't have hope, but Jesus stepped in like he did when he did in the only way that he could. And now I am a free man, and now you are a free woman. So I have to praise him. I have pardon my noise. It is the sound of freedom. And I just want to know, is there anybody with me that has been set free? Amen. Through Jesus, Hebrews 13, 15 says this. Through Jesus, therefore let us continually offer to God a sacrifice, watch what it says, of praise. The fruit of lips that openly profess his name. We give God what he deserves, not what he feel, not what we feel. We give God what he deserves, not what we feel. So I went this porch and saying, 2023, watch out, here we come. The third thing is this, passion for purity. Passion for purity. We'll be a church who stands firm on what we believe. And what we believe is in the word of God. I'm going to tell you, when people ask my opinion, I say my opinion isn't important. What does God's word say? In a, word that, in a world that is so wrapped up and consumed with political stances, nope, what does God's word say? We will stand firm on his word. We will stand firm on his word. So when I talk about purity, I want you to know that it isn't, purity is not perfection. No, it, it's, it's where you love it. It's where you chase after it. It doesn't mean that you always get it right. But that we will not be a church that follows the world's patterns. That we will not be a church that is going to sway easily with what the world is saying and what the world is doing. No, we have our, our clear directions from God's infallible word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. It doesn't mean that we'll be ugly about it. Because there are people who will be ugly with the truth. No, we will present it in, in love. And with grace. But we will stand on what we believe. Amen. We will stand firm on his word. We will stand firm. The Bible lets us know of a few occasions. And Numbers 25 is one of them. Where Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, has turned my anger. Watch from the Israelites. Since he was zealous for my honor. The, the Bible tells us that this young man, Phinehas, he saw something. He saw some wrongdoing taking place and said that this cannot happen. Was he a little overzealous? Yeah, he took a javelin and he went after them. 
but he was zealous and he stood up for what is right. He didn't say, he didn't just stand there saying, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna let them do whatever they want. No, it's about doing what is right, what is in God's word. He stood up for it. Second Kings chapter 10 and verse 16, the Bible says, Jehu said, Come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. See my zeal for the Lord. So let's be a voice and not an echo. Let's be a voice and not an echo. And the last thing is this. The last thing is this, is passion for people. Passion for prayer, number one. Passion for praise and worship, number two. Passion for purity. And the last thing I would dare to say is probably heaviest on God's heart. Passion for people. That we are not a church just because we need a place to come on Sunday morning. That this, that this would be a spiritual hospital. That this would be a spiritual hospital that people can come in hurting and disappointed and confused. And that God's presence would meet them right where they're at. And that God would do a, a work in them. That God would use us to be able to facilitate a change in their lives. Because it's all about Jesus. It's all about him. Passion for people because he's not just in love with us in here. He loves people. For God so loved the whole world that he gave his one son and only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have a everlasting life. He's that important that he gave his only son. You're that important to him that he gave his only son that you could have hope. That when this life is over, that we would have an eternity secure because of him. So as a church, worship team, if you'll come, we will continue to do whatever it takes to show our love to a world that so desperately needs love. Because God so loves the world that we would keep our passion for people. That there are people hurting that need you and I. That there are people hurting that need you and I. That through our church, by the grace of God, that we give monthly to countless charities and foundations that are able to help those that are hurting. That because of the people of Impact City Church, over 100 kids of, of our community that would not have had a Christmas, had a Christmas because we're going to love people. Because we're going to love people. Let's show our love with every word. Let's show our love with every smile. Let's show our love with every handshake, with every hug. Let's let people know that we love them. We don't love the, just the good parts of them, but we love even the parts that they're ashamed to talk about because that was us at one time. And that, that their story was our story and that, their, that our story can be their story. Acts chapter 20 and verse 24 says this, but my life, 
is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Let's remember that a life not lived for others is not a life. Maybe you're here today as I draw to a close. Maybe you're here today and you let the fire go out. Maybe you're here today and your passion is gone. And you tell yourself, you tell yourself, I got to get it back. I got to get it back. I, I don't feel the same fervor. I don't feel the same desire. I don't feel the same passion. When Jesus speaks to the churches in Revelation, in Revelation 2 and 4 and 5, he says, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Talking about our first love. And then he says, repent and do things you did at first. He invites you. Isn't it, 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 that is one of the most encouraging scriptures that, that we could read. If you fought, find yourself lost, if you found yourself that you have created distance between God and yourself, you've, you've left your first love, which is God. He, and he says, all you have to do is repent. It means change directions and come back. But then he ends with a warning. He says, if you, do, if you do not repent, I will come to you. Remove your lampstand from its place. So what I want to remind you today is that you can come back to him. You can come back to him regardless of where you've been, regardless of what you've done, regardless of how far you've gone. You can come back to him. Would you close your eyes with me right now? Father, we thank you today. Father, we thank you today for a new opportunity. I thank you. And no matter how far gone I am, you love me with a relentless love. I thank you for the person that's in this place feeling guilty about what they did last night. But yet you stand and you give them an opportunity to come back to you. So God, you know our hang-ups. You know our setbacks. You know our hesitations. Yet you still love us. And you say, you can turn back to me. You can turn back to me. So God, if there's an area in my life that I've lost passion, maybe it's in prayer, maybe it's in praise and worship, maybe it's in purity, maybe it's for people. If there's an area, God, that I would be able to rekindle the fire, that I would be able to fan the flame, God, that my heart would be totally inclined and directed to you. God, remove every obstacle and remove every barrier 
Remove everything that stands in the way from me having the relationship that you invite me to have with you. Right now, God, I thank you for new hope and for new beginnings. I thank you, God, that for somebody today, this is day one of the rest of their lives. I thank you, God, that you come to remind us that no matter how far we've gone, that you can draw us back in. Your word says that if we would draw close to you, that you would draw close to us. So help us today. Help us today to draw close to you. For some of us, maybe it'd be bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. God, that we would just turn back to you. You're the source. We depend on you. So as a church collectively, God, as we begin 21 days of prayer and fasting, we want you to know that you are the source, that we draw from you, that we cannot do anything without you, God. We declare our total dependence on you. We declare our total dependence on you. And we set aside this time to say, here we are. Work through us. Work in us. We love you and we glorify you. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you haven't taken the first step in giving your life to Jesus. Maybe you find yourself trying to work things on your own and maybe you're carrying shame and guilt and you just can't seem to, to have rest deep down on the inside. You're trying to work things on your own. You're trying to navigate it out of your own strength. Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with them and them with me. So he makes this invitation today. You find yourself broken and hurting and you say, I need a savior. I need a savior. And you say, today's the day that I want to give my life to Jesus. I open my heart and let him come in. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to invite you just to raise your hand as a sign of surrender right where you're at. Right where you're at. I see you. God is going to do a great work in your life right now. I want to invite everybody at the side of my voice to pray with me. We believe in praying together. We're here to support you through your journey. We're here to be with you. So would you pray with me, dear Jesus? Thank you for a new opportunity. Thank you for loving me when I have been unlovable. Thank you for dying for me and taking my place. I give you my life. Be the Lord of my life. And let me live the life you died to give me. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God praise for everybody that accepted him today?